This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 5, Episode 31, as the New York Rangers are finally able to pull themselves out of a four-game losing skid with a victory on Garden Ice against the Washington Capitals. A narrow victory, but a victory nonetheless. Hey everybody, Andy here. I'm recording this on Sunday night, the day before MLK Day, uh, and things for the New York Rangers as of late have been... Well, let's face it, just not great, honestly. Their play has been lackluster. Their defensive breakdowns have been loud, as Coach Peter Laviolette likes to say. And they've just been straight up unlucky. Uh, Despite losing their last four games, for most of the games, they ended up out shooting the opposition and out chancing them. You could obviously claim a lot of that as score effects. When you're chasing a lead, you're going to pile on more in the team that has the lead. The other team is probably going to maybe play a little bit more conservative and not try to push for offense. But that being said, uh, there's no other way to put it. The Rangers have had a, a combination for the last four or five segments. Honestly, uh, let's say the last 10 games, really, if we're being realistic, of just they've have been extremely unlucky. They only have one line going, which, what, else, which uh, what else is new, I guess, this season, in the Panarin-Lafreniere-Trocek line. And it really just can't be stated between injuries and just maybe the realities of the makeup of this team at this point in time. They're carrying a lot of dead weight. The, I would say the bottom six, but including at times on the first line, there's just throughout this lineup, just too many borderline NHL players, AHL call-ups, players who are probably past their expiration date and not trying to be unfair or brutal here. I think that's just the reality. I mean, you you know, we have players like Tyler Pitlick are injured. Uh, Nick Benino, I am fairly confident, is pretty cooked at this point in time. Blake Wheeler, although, again, not signed for much money, you can see ultimately that it's he's been there in spurts this season, but clearly is not a consistently reliable option. Barclay Goudreau is looking pretty much like a buyout candidate for the Rangers this summer, even though he has, uh, I believe he signed till the 26-27 season, just in terms of the road miles he has put on his body. And yeah, just not enough players that can drive the bus throughout their their offense. Kreider and Zibanejad have at five on five this year, it's been an absolute struggle to find them a line mate. It's been a struggle for the two of them together. It's been a struggle for them to produce a five on five and they've been streaky. They've been either super red hot or they've been ice cold. And I think you can look at aging curves and things of that nature. And that's not to say that they're done by any means, but at the same time, it just might, those, the, those two are on the downs. They're on the downhill slope for of things. And obviously, luckily the Rangers have, the Panarin line playing like one of the best, if not the best, the best line in the NHL at times this year. Lafreniere taking this next step is huge, but again, just too much dead weight. I think defensively, their breakdowns have been. Truba has started off the season strong, but has been uh, having a rough go of it recently. Fox, although I would say it looks like he's finding his footing again, 
it took him a little bit to get back to, to game speed. Lindgren's been an up and down this year, despite starting off the season really strong and looking like the best value deal in the NHL. Uh, Eric Gustafson has had some pretty head-scratching major gaffes that have cost the Rangers goals. Keandre Miller has the same thing, has been very Jekyll and Hyde this season when he's he's looked like at times he can take over games when he's feeling it, and just time just too passive and decision-making has been a uh, struggle. And same thing with Brain Schneider. He looked excellent in the game today, and I thought he actually looked like one of their better defenders the other game, but other times it's just he he looks lost and... It's just too much inconsistency from the Rangers. I mean, the good news is they are still, they still hold on to that top spot in their division, but they had such a commanding lead on the second place teams. With But you have teams like the the Flyers and the, the Hurricanes basically nipping at their heels. And that commanding, I think they had like a 10-point clearing lead on those teams. And now that's evaporated to a three-point lead because they've lost four in a row and just they're, they've been playing barely 500 hockey for their last uh, 10 to 15 game segment. Basically, since the new year started, it just has not been the same for them. But uh, I had mentioned injuries, and the Rangers get a fortunate bit of good luck in Capo Caco returning to play in today's game. Um, And you just knew that him coming in at the very least, you didn't expect him to score because he's had trouble doing that. But the thing why Capo Caco is so valuable for the Rangers is he drives five on five play in the right direction. And he basically, he does everything but score and he drives five on five play. And he's one of the best defensive uh, players on the team. And lo and behold, he comes back and surprisingly Peter Laviolette slots him in with uh, at least to start the game, Zabanjad and Kreider. And that line already looks more, he drags them into the fight because he likes to do grind it out in the boards. And that line already looks more dangerous. And so say what you will, but uh, I saw a few different people were posting it going around Twitter. I, I I've seen it from a few people, so I don't know who to credit. I mean, I think it's just a stat, but the Rangers are essentially there 16, four and one with Capo Caco in uh, the lineup without him. They're 11, nine and one. And uh, yeah, they, uh, they essentially give up way more when he isn't in the lineup than they do when he is in the lineup. So he is a very important player for this team. And it's good. He's back. You hope you we've seen pictures and, and social media postings of Philip Heedle working out, getting ready to return. So hopefully he is close to coming back. Um, you know, uh, obviously it's a sensitive subject, but the way it, it, it seems by based on the things he's saying that it, he's trying to come back. So you got to hope that he is comfortable with the decision and he's he makes it with his eyes open about what the realities of our of coming back from this many concussions but you know he could be a huge boost for the rangers if he comes back and more importantly he can push some dead weight down or off of this roster i mean as as cutthroat as that might sound but overall despite the fact that the rangers have have not been playing to their standards as of late they've been they're in a slump. Let's face it. They're getting goal lead. They're just, I, I'm not that concerned about them though. I know that sounds a little wild. I think that just by getting Capo Caco back today, you already saw how much it stabilizes things for that lineup. And I think once you get Heedle back, that'll continue to do that even further. And I think you'd have to know that Chris Drury is already looking at ways to bolster the bottom six 
it's weird. I mean, it's crazy to think that between between being one of the best points percentage team in the NHL and where they are now, what two players can out of the, the roster can do. But I just think the Rangers are going through a slump at a it's never a good time to go through a slump, but you can argue perhaps now is a good time to go through it. I mean, look at the L.A. Kings. You think the Rangers have it bad. The L.A. Kings have won, lost their last eight games in a row. They're paying Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, I think, the most money on the, the roster to basically play fourth-line duties and to be awful this year. I think every everything that's been said about Tyler Toffoli and the Devils is nowhere near as egregious as things are looking for L.A. right now in terms of that contract and just how he's performing. Um, but that being said, L.A., if you look at their underlying numbers, they're still a good team. They're just in a unlucky spat. Like the Rangers, they're essentially underperforming their expected goals, and just they're not getting the goaltending they were getting early on, and just they have some players that are, uh, yeah, that are basically, that are their uh, PDOs in the toilet. So I think both the New York Rangers and the L.A. Kings will bounce back to form. But right now, it's kind of tough sledding for those teams. And then you see teams that had horribly unlucky starts to the year, like the Edmonton Oilers, have been basically a wagon since they replaced their uh, old head coach with Chris Knobloch, uh, former Hartford Wolfpack head coach. So it's just funny how that goes. But also, despite most of the doom and gloom surrounding this team right now, as I said before, the positive, honestly, the saviors of this team are have been and continue to be Artemi Panarin, Vincent Trocek, and Alexi Lafreniere because the Rangers would essentially be sunk all season had these had this trio not perform game in and game out. And the crazy thing is, and that's a tall order to ask a line to produce every single game, especially with the lack of help they are getting. And yet they do. Lafreniere is the first star of this game. Panarin gets the first goal because as we know this year, he is shooting the puck at a prolific rate. He's almost doubling his his uh, his average, uh, you know, career, you know, shots per games. And he's just that line is just I think what makes them so good is that they are all willing to take on the role they have to take on. If Lafreniere has a shot, he shoots the puck now. He doesn't always go in to the level. He doesn't have the finishing talent that perhaps Panarin has at this point in time, but he shoots the puck. He's dropping absolute dimes. I mean, despite not getting any power play one time, he's made some brilliant passes this year, and a lot of it hasn't been converted on. But, you know, now he is making passes to his linemates, and they're stashing in the net, especially with the way Panarin's shooting the lights out and, and you know, Trocek just how tenacious and... Uh, just using his speed and his savviness and his shiftiness and his compete level to essentially put the pucks in difficult areas and put the opposing team on their heels. And that line just continues to produce. They have been essentially the, I, I don't want to say the only bright spot because you can't be the top team in the Metro despite a, a, their recent play based on only one line. It's just not going to work. So the Rangers have had other players, like I'd said, inconsistency throughout their lineups. They've gotten a, a mixture of good and bad from everyone. But that, overwhelmingly, those three, it's only been good since uh, essentially game one of the season. So, I mean, at the very least, knowing that the Rangers 
have something in Lafreniere is so huge. Because now you see the possibility of him improving. You see the possibility of him taking further steps beyond where he is now, which is great because he already looks like he's a difference maker on the ice every night, which is what all Rangers fans ever really wanted to see from him. Um, and you can now see that that eventually there is a reality and a future on this team in which he is on power play one, and he does get the majority of power play one time, and he is getting the most ice time. And he is basically relied on to play in more situations eventually. And hell, I mean, there's a chance that based on his demeanor and if if he can realize his potential, he can be a future captain for the New York Rangers. So it's, uh, you know, I mean, that's ways in the future. But just the fact that you've seen this explosion from him this year, I think most people can understand by now that he perhaps won't become a first overall player in the echelon of uh, Jack Hughes or an Austin Matthews or a Connor McDavid. But that being said, you can at least see that he can become a, I think he, at least now you can tell he has like 80 points is not out of the question for a player like him. He can become a 30, especially based on the amounts of chances he gets. He can become a, like a, you know, a 35, 45 guy or hell, maybe he could become a 45, 35 guy. I don't know, but he can at least, He's a player that can pass the puck, and especially with the right line mates, he can clearly produce. He, he just, I don't know if he will ever be someone who is self-sufficient that no matter who you put with them, they will become automatically become a first-line talent player, kind of in the, the way that Artemi Panarin is. But uh, that being said, he just, the Ranger, Ranger fans, at least as it comes to Lafreniere, can step back from the ledge a bit. Now, Kako is a different story. I think the player the Rangers probably thought they were getting and the, the players they have are two totally different things. I just think Kako does not have, at this point in time, I will qualify by saying that because obviously young players can improve on things and work on things, but at this point in time, Kako does not have the foot speed or the ability to find his shot. He can create chances. They're just I don't think he just has the elusiveness and the headiness and honestly the selfishness if it really comes down to it, to just essentially create prime chances for himself. He can use his ability to, his agility to spin out and his puck protection abilities to create chances and just grind other teams down, which is awesome and a very useful skill to have, especially in the in the playoffs, you know, for 16 games in the postseason. But just in terms of putting up big numbers, I just do not see it. It's, it just His style of play, it's just too rigorous to, to do that. But that being said, that's another player who I think, again, is a 16-game player. And he, the player the Rangers are actually getting, surprisingly, is the best, arguably the best defensive forward on the team in terms of his ability to turn pucks over with good stick work, uh, essentially just great smart positioning, using short bursts when he needs it, and just basically using a good stick to steal pucks and turn pucks the other way and just put himself in good spots and play on the right side of the puck. So, and again, the Rangers, his their record with him and their record without him kind of speaks for itself. And even when he doesn't put up the stats, you just see that his defensive, you know, he can, especially if you play him on the top line against some really, really strong players that Zabanjan and, and Kreider are forced to play against sometimes, he keeps them honest and he keeps, he can hem them in, you know, and so, and he's just getting stronger and more dominant in that fashion. So I don't think the Rangers think they were getting a, you know, a 
a, a very, very good shutdown uh, winger, but that's the player you have so right now. And he's clearly valuable to this team right now. You hope he's got room to flesh out the offensive areas of his game, and I think he will, but maybe not to the level you would have hoped when you grab from second overall. But in a lot of ways, if he can become a 50-point player in his prime, who's also the best, one of the best, uh, or better, I should say, defensive wingers in the league, that is a that is a very valuable player to have. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with code THPN. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK, 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. So looking ahead, the Rangers have a tough test against the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday at home, who've been one of the hotter teams in the National Hockey League, especially since their big win over the Vegas Golden Knights in the Winter Classic this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the Rangers' victory over the Washington Capitals in the second half of their home-and-home, home, although not convincing, was hopefully good enough for them to get some belief back in their game and some swagger, which is what they've been lacking. You could tell that one of the reasons they've been one of the most more resilient teams in the National Hockey League for the last few seasons is because they've always had belief that their power play would get them the goal they needed, that they if they were ever... If they were up, Shesterkin would, or Lundqvist going back to Henrik, Lundqvist would bail them out, or just that they could find ways to win. And I just that's, I think, the biggest takeaway from this last, the last, uh, I think, since the new year, it seems that, that that swagger and that belief that they can find ways to finish, successfully close out games and get the W has kind of left them. They It always felt like they were just waiting for some a breakdown to happen, a loud breakdown, and for them to just, cough up, you know, two goal leads and which is happening recently. So you have to hope the W basically helps relieve some of that pressure so they can start just building up again and just build a better segment of games here. They don't have to, I don't think they'll be as hot as they were earlier in the year to start the season, but as long as they could just play better than their last segment, but somewhere between what they were in these last four games and what they were when they were literally winning, you know, how many nine games in a row, wherever the hell it was, uh, they'll be in a good spot. So that's the the goal for them, but they're. It seems like the Rangers Kryptonites are teams that work hard and skate fast, which I know that sounds like a horrible thing to say because you don't ever want your team to be that. But I think especially teams that are heavy puck pursuit teams that f- try to use their speed to make you make turnovers are a problem for the New York Rangers and Seattle's that in spade. Although they probably like a Carolina, although you know, not to disparage the way Svechnikov and Aho have been playing recently, but. 
not having at least that high cal quote unquote high caliber finishing talent that the teams like the Rangers have, they have players that work hard and can make you pay, especially throughout their lineup. I think they have pretty good depth. They're like a kind of like a master, you know, jack of all trades, master of none type team. So the Rangers have to be ready and it will, it'll be interesting to see who gets to start. Quick has kind of come back down to earth a little bit, although I don't think it's been his fault. The Rangers have definitely put left him out to dry. But Shesterkin had a pretty strong performance in that victory uh, today against Washington at home. So you you have to wonder he's going to, or I think you have to imagine he's going to get the start. So the Rangers need to start building back towards something going into the trade deadline because now they, at first, it, they felt pretty comfortable that they could win their division, and now it's looking like it's going to be a struggle. You you know, there's only there's so many teams in the Metro that are tied looking to get in or out. And if you just continue to underperform, it's not out of the question that you could find yourselves on the outside looking in, even though the Rangers had this huge lead, uh, what, 10 games ago that is now kind of dwindled. So it's going to be a big test for them, but they just need to find some more consistency. You're not looking for perfection, but you're at least looking for consistency. Uh, before we finish up, a few news and notes. Uh, congratulations is in order to Rangers head coach Peter Laviolette as he's been selected to represent the Metropolitan Division at the 2024 NHL All-Star Game as the coach for the Metropolitan Division team. So congratulations to Lavi. Obviously, there's a lot of good candidates around the league, but when you look at, you know, honestly, I thought Tortorella might get it considering what he's done with the Flyers. And honestly, maybe he should. But Laviolette, you go by points percentage, Laviolette's, the Rangers, despite their struggles recently, are still in the upper echelons of the league in that fact. So he gets the nod. So congratulations to him. It's definitely well-deserved for what he, he's come in and done with this team. And uh, clearly a great coach, good communicator. You know, we've it, a lot has been said about his ability to bolster teams in his first years with them. And especially you just know that he's got a tactical mind for the game that the Rangers have lacked the last few seasons, especially under Gerard Gallant, who is more of a just go out there and do your thing kind of coach with very little adjustments where Laviolette has set plays and situational plays. And they talk a lot about, yeah, basically situations and different ways to break the puck out and different plays off the face off and, and different when you find yourself in this situation, how to mitigate risk and how to basically just little tips and tricks to, to make life easier for the players and how to, you know, adhere to a system. So well-deserved by him. Uh, Obviously, the NHL released their Justin Bieber and Drew, which is, uh, for those who don't know, is Justin Bieber's, I guess, fashion brand that he, you know, I guess owns or founded, whatever, designed all-star jerseys. And it's weird. In years past, it's either these are gross or these are amazing, you know, and it's never in between. This year, I'm seeing a lot of both. I'm seeing a lot of people who think they're they're awful and they don't like them. I, surprisingly enough, don't mind them. I kind of like... They kind of have a weird Nickelodeon quality to them that I kind of enjoy. Um, which, you know, if obviously, unfortunately, this being a podcast, can't pull up for you. But I do... I would ask anyone, if you are listening, you do have ability to, to pull them up, you should pull them up because obviously they're, they're going to have a red, yellow, blue, and white jersey with a star and then a um, basically an older school NHL shield kind of bubble lettering and stars popping out around them. And yeah, and just stars on the stripes. And then on the back, they have a, 
the nameplate is kind of in that uh, Drew font, bubble font thing going on. So, yeah, I actually don't mind them. They're different. I mean, which is kind of all you can ask for. I think some in the, the my biggest concern with a lot of the, the jerseys for the past few years is that they essentially look just like practice jerseys, which is just such a no-no. These do not look like practice jerseys. These look like Super Mario meets Nickelodeon in the 90s kind of things. And who knows how they'll look. Maybe they'll look weird on the ice, but I actually kind of like them. So that's just my, one man's opinion. They, you could probably think I'm crazy and think they suck, but I like them. So, uh, yeah, I I think uh, that's pretty cool. It'll be interesting to see, as Artemi Panarin obviously is not participating because he, him and his wife are having a baby, because you knew he would just be a shoe when he's like, what, third or fourth in the league in points. But we know uh, Igor Shosturkin's going. There is a chance that another Rangers player could get voted in, although based on how people are playing right now, I don't know if you can rescind votes, but there was probably a lot of votes rescinded. But who knows? Maybe Mika Zibanejad will represent the Rangers this year. Uh, who knows? Maybe Vinny Trocek or Alexi Lafreniere or Adam Fox could potentially make a cameo, but we shall see. Uh, they're, they're slowly announcing more forwards voted in by... Uh, essentially by fan voting. So we'll see if that, if any other Rangers join Igor at the all-star game, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was none, but yeah, who knows? We, sh- we shall see. And I guess before uh, we call it quits on this one, congratulations is order to uh, the team USA women's U18 team who won gold at the U18 worlds, which I believe took place in Finland uh, this year defeating Czechia in the gold medal game, uh, which had a bit of a Cinderella run for that Czechia team to golds, but uh, Team USA getting it done. So between the World Junior uh, USA win for the boys U20 and obviously U18, uh, U18, excuse me, U18 women's getting it done. Uh, yeah, t- good, good few months for USA hockey right now. And... Uh, Honestly, there's there's so many good uh, girls on this U18 team. Uh, their captain, Maggie Scannell, I think she plays at Shattuck St. Mary's, is nasty. I saw some clips of her basically warming up online and uh, just, yeah, she's just skilled up through the roof and she was uh, named one of the best players for Team USA in the tournament. Uh, basically had, I believe she had the, the go-ahead goal um, in the game today, in the gold medal game. And yeah, they're just... Team USA just basically just the it leaps and bounds that program has come in the last 20 years has been awesome. So congratulations to U18 women's uh, Team USA uh, hockey team. And obviously on Twitter after there's a clip floating around of uh, the U18 team in the locker room performing the classic Oh Mama Don't You Cry call and response uh victory rally chant whatever you want to call it in the locker room which is always instant adrenaline when you watch it just to see how fired up uh the girls were so congratulations to them uh that's really really awesome um also as i finish recording this after come from behind victory for uh pwhl team new york in overtime so 
winning on the road. After winning their first game, they they dropped their their next two games, but they win in overtime on the road in Minnesota. So uh, handle, handing Minnesota their first loss of the season. So uh, yeah, it's been awesome to have so many great games. Um, you know, they unfortunately team New York lost their they lost both their uh, home opener and their opening game at UBS Arena because they're they're going to play there I think four times a season when they when they're not playing um, games in Connecticut. But it's just been so cool to have these games, especially on just uh, streaming on YouTube just to be able to, to, to pop in um, and just, yeah, just watch it. Cause the hockey's awesome. Uh, very physical, very <laughs> intense. And which is great. Cause they were, they're clearly letting the players play and uh, yeah, they're trying to make sure to keep the game flowing. I think definitely seems like there's less stoppages than an average NHL game, which is pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, it's been super cool. Congratulations to uh, yeah. Team New York of the PWHL on their, I believe their second win of the season. So I think that puts them at two and two and four games. I could be wrong. I think that's correct, but uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching and rooting for them this season. Um, and what else? Oh, and finally the, the, this is a, not a basketball podcast, but the New York Knicks uh, continue to be a wagon in the OG Ananobi era. So that's awesome. Um, I, you know, don't talk too much basketball on here because, you know, I, I'm sure people, this is a hockey podcast. But you got, if you're a New York Rangers fan, you have to at least, even if you don't watch basketball, you have to support y- your brothers in the blue and orange in the New York Knicks. So, uh, although it's funny that, you know, the Knicks trade for Ananobi, despite a pretty eh, lackluster start or for their own standards for where they're supposed to be, the Rangers are hot. They trade for Ananobi. They immediately get super hot, and the Rangers immediately go ice cold. So, uh, two teams that cannot be good at the same time. Super infuriating as a fan. But uh, hopefully the Rangers can get on the Knicks level right now, because right now the Knicks are straight beasting and playing great defense in the OG Ananobi era. So, uh, yeah, maybe uh, Laviolette can pull up some uh, some tape of... Uh, you know the Knicks and how they play uh, they play defense in the paint and the Rangers could probably learn a thing or two thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on Apple Spotify SoundCloud or wherever you listen to your podcasts You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.